More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Look, go give us five stars. We're rolling into February here on the iTunes podcast chart. Search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck Sexton. Make Dub laugh and you will get an autographed copy of my most recent book. All right, so if Dub sees your review, five-star review, and you make him laugh, he's, he is the determiner of whether or not you have written a witty and funny review, then you'll get an autographed copy of my book. So go do it. Search out Clay Travis. Search out Buck Sexton. Share the podcast. Help us set new records every single month. Okay, so this is a big story. Joe Rogan, we've talked a lot about the rise of cancel culture and the continued influence of it. Whoopi Goldberg gets suspended for two weeks for her stupidity on The View. What's going on that I believe is the most significant aspect of everything relating to cancel culture is big tech is being directly commanded by the White House, by the federal government, to do things that the federal government itself cannot do. And let me explain what I mean by that. If Jen Psaki came out and said, Joe Rogan's podcast is banned because we don't like what he says on it. Or if she came out and said, Clay and Buck is banned to air on airwaves because we don't like the topics and conversations that they are having. That would be 100% a violation of the First Amendment because the government can't censor speech from private actors it doesn't like in that context. And the government knows that. But what is occurring is more insidious, Buck, than that. What the government is doing is they're going to Facebook, which, by the way, dropping 25% today in the stock market after missing earnings. That's a big story in and of itself about the social media universe. And maybe these companies are not as powerful and strong as we thought, which is maybe why they're more susceptible to listen to the federal government than many people would have anticipated. But we know 
Because Jen Psaki has been lecturing us from the White House press briefing and saying, hey, we've been providing a list of accounts that we don't like that are spreading what we're calling misinformation. And we're asking Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok or whoever else it might be to pull the influence and or the post that we don't like. That is an attempt to get around the First Amendment, Buck, while using the power of government to regulate speech in a way that is directly constitutionally forbidden. And I think it should be it should be forbidden in general. Now, here's Jen Psaki speaking specifically to Joe Rogan. Listen to what she said. Well, last July, I, I, you probably know, but the Surgeon General also took the unprecedented step to issue an advisor on the risk of misinformation in public health, which is a very significant step. And amid that, he talked about the role social media platforms have. So our hope is that all major tech platforms and all major news sources, for that matter, be responsible and be vigilant to ensure the American people have access to accurate information on something as significant as COVID-19. That certainly includes Spotify. So this disclaimer, it's a positive step, but we want every platform to continue doing more to call out mis- and disinformation while also uplifting accurate information. It is absolutely not the role of our government to be trying to combat misinformation among the American people. Like this notion they're supposed to be tracking down and eliminating misinformation i mean just start from that premise that's not their job Uh, we don't need them trying to tell us where the misinformation is or whatever that's not they're allowed to present their point of view of course which is what they do all the time they present propaganda they're allowed to convince people or try to convince people of the rightness or wrongness of different policies and ideas but clay they really think they're on a seek and destroy mission against misinformation and the great irony of this of course is that the white house itself has been a tremendous purveyor of misinformation the entire time. I mean, Joe Biden's walking around calling this for months a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That is a lie. As anybody, including me, who got vaccinated and then got sick, can tell you it is not a pandemic of the unvaccinated. But he kept saying it and saying it. The media apparatus that the, including social media, that the White House is calling on to take action here. Is, and by the way, this is just backdoor censorship. Is all, and really, right now with Jen Psaki calling for it, it's just open it's front censorship, door right. censorship. Right. This is I mean, front door. Speci- this, yeah, yeah. This this is like going right. This is going right in, sitting down in the kitchen and demanding censorship. It's exactly what they're doing, and it just goes to show you how how corrupt and and venal our media really is. That they won't actually stand up and say, "Hold on a second, the lifeblood of what we do." whether you're a social media company or a traditional news media company, Clay, is free speech and the freedom to share ideas. If free speech does not mean the right to say things that are unpopular, that the government does not like, that the government would say is misinformation, that the government would even say is dangerous, there's no such thing as free speech. We don't need free speech for Joe Biden's amazing because we know they're going to clap for that. We need free speech for... The Fauciite apparatus of the federal government has been a catastrophic failure that has resulted, as we see from the Johns Hopkins study about lockdowns, in enormous destruction of people's lives with no benefit. That's why that's why the marketplace of ideas is so important in all facets of life. And also, Buck, what you're seeing is the creep of censorship into artists 
And this is, I'm not sure we've ever seen anything like this in America. And let me explain what I mean. It used to be that most artists supported the free expression of other artists. Now, you might be, uh, let's say, back in the day, remember 2 Live Crew and the questions of whether or not their rap lyrics were obscenity? I don't remember very many other artists. Let's say you were a rock artist. Let's say you were a, uh, let's say you were a uh, R&B artist or whatever you might be. I don't remember very many other artists in the creative endeavors saying we need to make sure that other people cannot hear this music. What is happening now is all of these aging rockers that are saying, hey, you have to pull Joe Rogan off of Spotify. They are embracing the censorship of other people who are in a creative industry. And look, this is really unheard of. For instance, right now there's all these debates about whether or not books should be banned. And recently in Seattle, To Kill a Mockingbird, Mouse here in my home uh, my home state of, uh, of Tennessee, which is what got Whoopi Goldberg all caught up. And that's an interesting conversation in and of itself. But, they're not but really I don't being hear banned. many writers. To be fair, it's about curriculum, right? I mean, they're not banned. They're not doing book burnings or saying you can't have this. Right. Just to be clear, right? I mean, and, they, and that's they, they like to say this because if, if you're trying to teach 12-year-olds critical race theory, Clay, and they say, hold on, don't, don't, this book is, is garbage. Why is this being taught? You're banning. You're not banning. You're making editorial decisions. Yes, right. And, and the easy analogy, I think, for people out there who are parents, I ban my kids from watching R-rated movies. That's not me banning R-rated movies exactly. all in, in general. It's just exactly. my belief is that based on their age, it's age inappropriate. That's the entire purpose of the motion picture uh, rating system in general, from G to R or X or whatever it might be. That's a function of the age range that is appropriate to be able to consume a particular uh, particular content. But, Buck, what is scary to me is the creative industry itself coming against coming out against Joe Rogan in his own creativity. And we've seen this with comics, right? There are comics that will turn on other comics. We saw it happen with Dave Chappelle. We haven't seen it that much with authors saying, hey, I agree this book shouldn't be widely distributed. People shouldn't read this. But when you've got creative people turning against other creative people and saying their content should not be able to be consumed, that combined with the environment that the United States government is trying to create, frankly, Buck, in my life, I don't ever remember a situation such so, as this. So I, I will I will give a, a point of view here that I, I haven't really seen anywhere else, but I'll say this. People people will say things to me. My first ever job in media technically was when I was an eighteen year old intern at CBS Evening News with Dan Rather. And I saw at 18 years old, because I was a you know National Review reading, Rush listening, Drudge, Drudge report on my homepage, although Drudge has changed in recent years. It used to be great uh, guy. I was like, OK, so this is a propaganda network at 18. I could kind of tell. And people would say to me, oh, but back in the Cronkite days, no, it was lib then, too. It's just there just wasn't anyone to point it out. There was no alternative. Now, it was less lib because the Democrat Party hadn't moved as far left, but it had always been. Uh, I mean, pushing for one side. It had always been one perspective on America. And I think that there might be a little bit of a, a rethink, if you will, about a lot of these rebels, you know, people. I mean, what was it? Uh, who are the old guys that do the, you know, uh, uh, the, the guitar? Crosby, Stills, Crosby, Nash, Stills, and, Young, and Nash. You know? Yeah. They've come out now, too. These are people that you associate with the 60s and the anti-war movement and all the rest of it. 
yeah, they're kind of just people of the left who wanted to overthrow the existing power structure and replace it with one that they liked. They're actually not real rebels. When you look at how this has evolved over time, they don't stand, when I say they, I'm talking about the ones that are coming out now and, and speaking about this issue. I mean, Bruce Springsteen, huge lib, born of the USA, not particularly patriotic. So, I mean, you go down the list, you see all these guys. I think that there should be, uh, we, we, you know, you look back at, what what we believe, which are these artists, were big free speech people. You've seen the change in Howard Stern. So was he about free speech, or was free speech something he believed in when he was breaking down doors with it for his own career? Because he doesn't seem to believe in it anymore when it comes to the vaccine. It feels like once the apparatus was overthrown for some of these people, and they had their way, or they had their success, now they want to pull the ladders up and prevent other, other people from following, or have the same rights and have the same freedom. So I I don't know. I'm I mean, there's that, and then there's also Mary Trump, Clay, is pulling yeah, her podcast, that. which if Spotify isn't going to, oh, wait, wait, the Mary Trump one's amazing, because I think, I wish we could see those numbers. I bet that there you could count on two hands the number of people that listen to the Mary Trump podcast, probably, but uh, then there was Mary the, Trump lost in a big way when her, uh, was it her uncle or whatever, when Trump lost the election in 2020. Her entire, because I think she sold a million copies of whatever book she wrote. I mean, she made a ton of money. And if he were still in office, she would be the Trump family member who's telling the truth. And there'd be resistance people who cared. When he lost the 2020 election, her ability to make an earning, to make anything. I, I, I agree with you. It'd be phenomenal to see how many people actually are downloading oh, yeah. her podcast. I mean, it probably is as popular as the Clinton Global Initiative after Hillary lost the election. I thought it was all about charity, said the idiots. But I, I would also put this out there: the fact that the uh, Harry and Harry and Meghan Markle are like, we're going to pull our podcast too. How about the this fact that Harry become... and Meghan Markle can't even manage to get a podcast started? I mean, this is—it's uh, not as if sometimes it takes a long time to I get mean, a movie or a television people. show. I mean, th- these aren't hardworking folks, you know. I mean, that, that's what I'm family. saying. I mean, all you need is about a couple of thousand dollars in in gear. In, and, and plug it in. I'm sure they have a staff that would make all that possible. And you sit down and talk for like an hour. This is not uh, the, the equivalent of, uh, of, of, of just splitting the atom here. And they can't, they paid them a hundred million dollars or something, didn't they? And they can't yeah, even I mean, produce the, a podcast. I'll say this. The one thing about radio, the one thing about podcasting, you can't have it ghost voiced. You have to actually do it. You can't just pay someone else to pretend that you did it. And but you know that's a whole other thing, which I also disagree. I with. I bet they've done. Do you think they've done versions of the podcast, and it's just a total disaster, and that's why it hasn't been uh, distributed? Oh yeah, probably. Do you think Prince Harry would be great at conducting an interview? I mean, I, I don't. What what has ever occurred that made you think you know who would really be a great person to have a conversation with Prince Harry. That seems like a guy who's got a lot of interesting things to say. There should be a helpline for anyone to call in when they realize that they even thought for a second that they should listen to the Harry and Meghan Markle podcast. Like that, that's a cry for help. Like what is, what is going on there? I remember a great story. Dan Patrick, who did sports talk radio still does for a long time. He said, everybody thinks radio is easy. And he said every now and then, they would give away the ability for somebody to come in and like sit co-star for a show for charity purposes. And he said, seeing them sweating bullets, they tell every story they've ever had. They tell every opinion they've ever had. At the end of a three-hour show, they're drenched in sweat. They're overcome with the intensity and emotion of it. And then you say, okay, got to come back for three more hours every day for the next 20 years. And, and all of a sudden, they realize what is entailed in the job. 
And I think that's probably what happened to Harry and Meghan. They're like, oh, this will be easy to do. It's not, of course, not even live, which makes it that much easier. But they can't even accomplish it. We got more coming up here in a few minutes, including students who are fighting back, taking action, organizing against mask lunacy. And then a D.C. bar owner who's been shut down, getting a lot of support because he just refused the mask madness and the vaccine craziness. Senator Rand Paul has been raising uh, the alarm about what's going on to this guy. We'll talk about uh, that situation in just a few moments. If we're going to make a gift suggestion for this coming Valentine's Day, it's got to be something we really believe in. No, we're not suggesting flowers or chocolate or whatever. I mean, that's fine. We'll leave that to your discretion. You can handle that. We're going to go out on a limb here and suggest the most comfortable line of clothing we've discovered in the last year. It's Tommy John. Tommy John loungewear, Tommy John pajamas and underwear. It's amazing. When you and that special someone are wearing Tommy John, you're that much more comfortable so you can do everything better. To date, Tommy John has sold 17 million pairs. That's how popular this brand has become. Their fabrics are incredibly well-made. They fit and stretch and feel really good when you wear them. That's why Tommy John doesn't just have customers. They have fanatics. And Clay and I will admit it, we're both Tommy John fanatics. I'm wearing their T-shirts, their hoodies, their uh, their pajama pants every single day. Plus, there's no risk. Every gift is backed by Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. Get $20 off your order of $100 or more right now at TommyJohn.com slash buck. That's TommyJohn.com slash buck for $20 off. TommyJohn.com slash buck. See site for details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. As someone who served our country in the intelligence community, I appreciate companies that back our nation's service community. One company that does it best is GovX. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. GovX offers unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands, sports and entertainment tickets, travel deals, the list goes on. GovX.com is a one-stop shop for the things you love. GovX also donates a portion of every single order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. When you shop on GovX.com, your orders make a meaningful impact. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com, that's GovX.com, and join a community of more than 8.5 million patriots and pros. It's fast, easy, and free to join. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. 
Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Freedom of speech is being threatened. People are being intimidated. Their financial security is being threatened. They are being censored or being intimidated into censoring themselves. If the powers that be decide, well, if we don't like the things that you're saying, then we will find a way to silence you and censor you. This is something that every single American should be afraid of because we need to have the confidence in America that we can express ourselves, that we have the freedom to speak without the threat of punishment looming over us. That right there is literally the difference between living in a democracy or living in a dictatorship. Tulsi Gabbard, they're absolutely right. And I've said this in the past, and I really stand behind it and think that it's even more true over time. The reason that there was always some animus on the left, the the reason the Democrats, some of them, have always uh, hated Tulsi Gabbard in some way is because she doesn't hate Republicans. Uh, She's not a hateful person. She is a left-of-center politician, but served her country, loves her country, and is willing to talk to the other side. And for a contingent, uh, uh, one that I would argue is really the vanguard of the Democrat Party these days, that in itself, you're platforming them, is, is unacceptable. And I think Tulsi, Clay, uh, is is in a same, the same line here, or same group of individuals who, uh, you know, Joe Rogan is there. Uh, I would say, look at the Canadian truckers. People who don't fit neatly into a specific political category but are just like good folks. And it's fascinating how much the current Democrat apparatus goes after them. And it's so nasty about them. You know, we can't just all be like, oh, those are good people. Think about this. Truckers, good people. Tulsi, good people. Joe Rogan, good people. And they hate them for it. Yeah. And Tulsi is what is rare now, a rational Democratic voice. You could agree or disagree again on policy related concerns, but Everything she says is eminently reasonable. Now, you may have a difference of opinion on a variety of different issues, but this used to be how we debated issues in the country. It was somewhat reasonable people in the middle part of their parties conversed, interacted, and tried to make the best decisions for the country going forward. The Democratic Party has gone so haywire. They talk a lot about January 6th and how the Republican Party has gone out of whack. I think, Buck, if you look at where Republicans are today versus 2000, it's not that different compared to where Democrats are. It's wildly different. 
Home prices are way, way up from just a year ago. In a lot of cities, their percentage is an increase of 20% or more. It speaks to how out of control the housing market is and how difficult it is now to preserve the value of your savings account. Plus, you got all this inflation going on. How do you protect the value in your savings account, in your portfolio overall? Well, you got to diversify into gold. Gold has grown over time and held value in tough times. When you take a portion of your savings and put it, put it into gold, you can maintain value. The Oxford Gold Group is who you need to help you do this. They'll talk to you about putting real gold in your hands or your IRA. Call them at 833-404-GOLD and learn how you can have real gold in your IRA and delivered to your door. That's the Oxford Gold Group at 833-404-GOLD. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Encourage you to go give us five-star reviews. Search out my name, Clay Travis. Search out Buck Sexton on iTunes. If you make Dub Laugh, get an autographed copy of the book. I want to give some credit here to all of the kids in Northern Virginia who are standing up against the absurd decisions being made regarding masks in schools. Even the USA Today which is probably the least threatening entirely of all the media sources out there. The USA Today, least controversial, least threatening. They've got an article on their editorial page today saying it's time to end masks in schools. But the people in Northern Virginia, and maybe because Buck's point on, they're so unwilling to acknowledge that they might be wrong and that all those awful right-wingers who were actually looking at the data and making the argument against masks are correct. They're doubling and tripling down in the face of all of the science pointing out that masks don't make sense. Here's the Loudoun County Assistant Principal, Janet Davidson. She's informing parents children who come back to school maskless will be charged with the crime of trespassing. Until you arrive, your children will be held in an in-school restriction situation here at school. Um, It is important that I point out to you, it's stated in the letter that you'll receive, but it's important that I point out to you that they are not allowed on campus or on Loudoun County Public School property. Starting tomorrow, it will be considered trespassing. So it's important that I make that statement to you. The guidelines that we're receiving from the county is student suspensions will end as soon as they are fully following mitigation policies. Can I can I just say, Clay? So so they're first of all, these people are there's something wrong with them. I mean, they're they're mandating child abuse, and now beyond this, they're acting in a way that makes people who are paying attention just say maybe we should just like tear the public school system down to the studs and start start from scratch or you know there's there's people that are watching this and listening to this and got to be saying to themselves this is just outrageous beyond anyone's expectations of, of how crazy they'll be i mean trespassing really you're, you're gonna go there with kids who won't wear a mask keep in mind these are all adults who are going to restaurants without masks on children are interacting with each other without masks on all the time and you know outside of school and yet here we are, and this is in Virginia, it's not even in D.C., which is even loonier. They're acting like they're the good people here. But as I've said, the, the data, and as we know, the data is very clear that masks do not do a damn thing in schools. And you mentioned all the countries in Europe that are getting rid of all COVID restrictions. And they're sounding, by the way, not like they're, you know, Fauci always says, relax restrictions. That's always his. And whenever they say that, that's a tell. 
It means, okay, we'll give you back a little freedom now, but just know that we may take that away from you whenever we say so. I think in some other places they've started to realize this was just all for, this was just all idiocy. This was all wrong. And to the point about how they don't want to admit we were right about the masking. Yeah. I mean, the audience at MSNBC and CNN, they think the anchors they're watching are smarter than you and me and they're wrong. So this is, this is the reality we're dealing with. And very often, and let's keep in mind here, the Loudoun County vice principal there is directly contradicting the order from the governor of Virginia, which did not say you couldn't wear a mask. It just said you got to choose. So all there, all he did was in the mandate. If you still are convinced that masks work, despite the fact that there's no evidence they do, by the way, you have the right to put your kid in a mask. You have the right to wear a mask. And by the way, I want to give a shout out here to Washington State, where a student leader is uh, addressing an organized maskless school protest. We need more kids looking at the science and standing up to listen to this. Our hope is, is we can get this statewide. Now, I might get in trouble for this, but the plan still stands for Wednesday for tomorrow. I mean, everybody is going to meet at the back row of the senior parking lot and we're all walking into the school with no mask on. You can get me in trouble. They can suspend me. I don't care. We're done with this. And obviously all of you are too. Obviously all you are are done with the mask too. Now again, we're doing this peacefully and respectfully. If a a staff member asks you to put a mask on, you say no thank you and keep walking. And if they kick you out, then go home. And if people need, need rides home, then some of the seniors, I'm sure we can start giving people rides home. I, I want to find out who this kid is, Clay, so we can give him. First of all, he's a senior, so I think he's probably 18. But, I mean, just listening to him, I want to put on a helmet and shoulder pads and start tackling some libs. Like, I'm fired up. Well, this is what true teenage rebellion should be. What has been so frustrating to me is so many of these college kids are demanding more substantial regulation. They're having uh, protest to make the school require them to wear a mask, require them to get the COVID shot. And it, to me, is the very antithesis of what teenage rebellion should be. I expected statements like this from kids long before now. They've been wearing masks now in school for two years. And just now are kids saying, hey, you know what? I mean, I hope they're looking at the data and recognizing it. But just now are they finally saying, hey, you know what? We're going to stand up against this. we got a couple of calls, by the way. Then we're going to go up to Washington, D.C., speaking of stand-up against it, where a vaccine mandate is forcing businesses to shut down that won't apply the vaccine mandate. The big board board bar and restaurant owner Eric Flannery will be joining us because he's been getting a lot of attention because he just said enough. I'm not masking up my staff. I'm not fact-checking my customers. This is just too stupid, and he's right. But, of course, D.C. has shut him down. Now they're making an example of him, so... You know, we're going to find out how we can help them. But, Clay, who do you got here first up on the lines? Julia, just up the road from me in Brentwood, Tennessee. Julia, what you got for us? I have a quick question and a quick comment, and I told the call screener, thank you for letting me through, that I would make it quick. When you were talking about tech being the the government censor, ever since Biden wanted OSHA to force businesses to require vaccinations, I've wanted to get through to you, Clay, to your lawyer mind and ask, is it constitutional for the government to, in essence, deputize private businesses to do what the government cannot do? That's my question. Here's my comment. We do not have a pandemic of vaccinated versus unvaccinated. We have a pandemic 
of primary care for providers who can't, won't, or aren't allowed because of affiliations to provide easily accessible early intervention therapeutics and medicines to people who have COVID. And thank you. That, thank that's you. what I've got, and I'd love to hear your, your comment about um, the question I had. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, both of them. I think she's right, Buck, and one of the big failures of COVID, and Lord knows there's a ton of them, has been our unwillingness to focus on therapeutics because there's been so much of a focus on the vaccine instead, which, to be fair, is basically a therapeutic now, right, Buck? I mean, yeah. the, the vaccine doesn't eliminate your ability to get or spread the virus, so it's effectively a therapeutic, too. I mean, I do know that from the from the national security federal government side, you can't hire somebody. You you can't do the yeah. oh, we're not going to you know torture somebody with electrodes for information. We're going to hire somebody else to do that. So so there are it. limitations on what the government can get away with through third party if that government action itself would be either a violation of the Constitution, you know, human rights, whatever the case may be. Yeah, I think it's unconstitutional to answer her question. I, I think it would be hard to prove, um, and, and I'm not sure exactly what the court disposition would be, uh, but somebody who has been canceled by Facebook or Twitter, let's say Alex Berenson, if Alex Berenson could prove that one of the reasons Twitter banned him was because the Biden White House flagged him as a purveyor of misinformation, that would be a First Amendment violation. The government cannot allow Twitter to do what it could not. There's actual collusion. That word got very abused for years going on between this White House and big tech right now, just so we all know. They no are doubt. colluding. That is what is happening behind the scenes uh, to direct policies and take actions that they will not talk about uh, the same way or with the same specificity in public. And speaking of Berenson, by the way, Clay, he's joining us tomorrow. And we just want everyone to know we're going to address this topic of Okay, everyone, Israel, fourth shot, worst month ever for COVID. Someone explain to us how that is possible. The month of January was the worst month, I believe, they've had on record ever for COVID in terms of infections. How does that happen? So we're going to address that tomorrow. We're going to talk to Alex about this because I'm really curious. Debbie in Naples, we got a, just about a half a minute here for you. Thanks for calling. We're talking about uh, Neil Young and these other, Jody Mitchell. What occurs to me is that all the people that are the most vocal about lockdowns and masking and vaccines are all older people. That seems to be the commonality, whether it's in politics or anything else. The younger people are the ones that are not nearly as upset about lifting restrictions. I think old people just want to protect themselves. I think there's a lot of truth to that. And I think younger people, the ones that are intelligent enough to look at the data, recognized a long time ago they weren't at risk, which is why bars and restaurants uh, that, that cater to young people have, by and large, been pretty full uh, and, and packed. No one likes to see a family member or a friend in pain. It can be so debilitating and hold us back from living our fullest lives. One of the reasons why our sponsor, Relief Factor, is so dedicated to getting their product into your hands. If you're experiencing pain today and every day, you need Relief Factor. Created by doctors, perfected over 15 years of scientific research, 100% drug-free product. Our friends at Relief Factor have a three-week quick start pack. You take Relief Factor three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for three weeks 
You'll know if it works for you or not. Hundreds of thousands of people have tried. 70% of them have gone on to order more. That's amazing odds. If it works for 7 out of 10 people, are you one of those who will live your life in less pain? Right now, you can join the more than half million people and order the three-week quick start for only nineteen ninety-five. Go to relieffactor.com or you can call 800-4-RELIEF for the nineteen ninety-five three-week quick start developed specifically for you. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. As someone who served our country in the intelligence community, I appreciate companies that back our nation's service community. One company that does it best is GovX. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. GovX offers unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands, sports and entertainment tickets, travel deals, the list goes on. GovX.com is a one-stop shop for the things you love. GovX also donates a portion of every single order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. When you shop on GovX.com, your orders make a meaningful impact. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com, that's GovX.com, and join a community of more than 8.5 million patriots and pros. It's fast, easy, and free to join. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Since I announced on Twitter, hey, this is what we're going to do, the Department of Health has been here four times. The ABRA, which is the D.C. licensing agency, has been here eight or nine times. The government doesn't send me a paycheck. I send the government money. I am not an agent of the government to do this. If they want to come down and check people's medical status, they're more than welcome to. I don't have the people for that. I don't know. I really don't know. When people ask me, what, where are you going to get on the other side of this? I don't know. I just know that I'm doing the right thing. And th- this place is supposed to be open. 
That was Eric Flannery, owner of The Big Board, a bar in the 8th Street corridor of Washington, D.C., an area I know actually quite well. Eric is with us now. Eric Flannery, owner of The Big Board. Sir, thanks for calling in. Uh, Thank you guys very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I really do. You're speaking to our people all across the country, Eric. Tell them what happened to your establishment in D.C. and and what's going on. So so D.C. has now, um, they have revoked our liquor license. And they have come down and they have revoked our basic business license, so we're not allowed to operate it as an alcohol establishment or as any kind of establishment at all. They've done that based on uh, the mayor's order that all of my servers are required to wear masks at all times inside, and uh, we are required to check people's personal medical status when they come through. Can I, can I just be clear? Your servers have to wear masks, but not patrons? Is that the way the, the, the rule goes in D.C.? <laughs> So the, the patrons are supposed to wear them when they open up the door. When they get they get a glass of water in them, they just take them off. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but it's true in New York, too. Clay, I know you've got a lot here. Yeah, so that means that your business is shut down and all of your employees are now not able to work as well. What's the time frame under which you could potentially reopen? How does that work for you paying rent? I mean, what is the status here? So the... I've got a hearing coming up. I've still got to negotiate with BC on this. This is a hearing of the Aber Board of Directors, which is the DC Alcohol Beverage Regulation Authority. And they are, uh, they have a meeting. They have a, a team of people that is appointed by the mayor and confirmed by the city council who are going to hear, uh, the ideas behind this. They have to decide whether or not they think I can have my license restored. I then, have to get my license restored at the Department of Health as well. I have not gotten far enough into that process to know. Uh, but how, all of your employees, yeah, sorry to cut you off, but all of your employees, the people who work, which I would guess what, uh, how many people do you employ? None of them are able to work or get a salary right now because you're not allowed to work. You're not allowed to open, correct? That's correct. And and trust me, they want to work. They're down there. They were having some of the most fun they've had in in years over the last six months because it was such a long time of us being shut down that when we were open, they were ready and happy. We're speaking to Eric Flannery, owner of the big board in the H corridor of D.C., Washington, D.C. Um, Eric, are, are the people coming in, the the little commissars from the health department, are they a little at all sheepish? I mean, do they, I mean, they must recognize at some level that the mask policy of employees but not patrons that's nothing to do with science that's moronic i mean are, do they, they I, i'm i obviously they're penalizing you but are they a, at least a little apologetic for how stupid they have to act in the name of the city of washington dc and then also well we'll get into how people can help you but first talk about that i mean what's it like dealing with these folks so i'm, I'm always perfectly nice to all of all of these folks i don't say don't say anything they have uh, misquoted me in a couple of the official documents that they submitted where I was not allowed to review them. Um, but I think what happens is they assign me with something that I'm not before they walk in so that they don't have to feel bad about themselves for doing what they're doing, which is shutting down a business where everybody's welcome. Eric, you're supposed to be checking for vaccine cards, I suppose, or vaccine photos, cards, or whatever else when you enter the business, my understanding is, in D.C., are most businesses doing that? In your experience, does that have any impact at all? And what in the world process is there to eventually end a restriction like that? So there is a, 
a lot of businesses aren't doing it. You can read newspaper articles that 75% of the businesses that they checked in D.C. were not completing the requirements correctly. Um, two, um, uh, I lost my train of thought there. No, I was just going to say, how did these I, processes end? So right now you're supposed to be checking vaccine cards and everybody has to be masked. Is this a mayoral decision? Is there a body to appeal to? How does this process work? It, it's a mayoral decision right now on the mayoral order. There is no end date to the mayoral order, and there is no exit criteria on the mayoral order. Uh, so, so in there, theory, it's never no, ending. No, in, in theory, it is never ending unless it is superseded by another document. So I just want to ask, how can folks... If there's anything, any way, can they help? Can they stand with you? I know Senator Rand Paul has been trying to get attention for you standing up here for what is right. What can folks listening do? Uh, there's there's a lot of things in the way. When I tell people, if you're in D.C., you can write to your, do your good citizen stuff. Write to your city council member. Write to the mayor. Show up at the meeting. Watch the meeting and see what's happened. And more importantly, if you're in D.C., read the mayor order. I talk to so many people who are either with me or against me, and I ask them if they or have they read the mayoral order. It's six and a half pages. That's all it is. It's six and a half pages. It does not have what is required to put the type of change in society. It doesn't have the justification in that mayoral order. Tyranny is what it is. Eric Flannery of the Big Board in Washington, D.C., restaurateur. Sir, we wish you the best. Thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Josh Hawley up next. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Everybody, 